are starting our NCLEX review. Hi there. Hi from all over the world. I'm right here to study with you. We are studying quick facts for NCLEX tonight. If you're on my 30-day program in the V2 and you show up to Monday and Wednesday classes, you will get a better understanding of the content and you will stay on track. We're doing lead poisoning tonight. If you have quick facts for NCLEX, please let me know what page and let all of your study buddies tonight know what page we're studying from. Lead poisoning is part of a very, very important assessment for the practical nurse and the registered nurse to be able to do, to be able to do. Um, and again, this topic today comes out of the quick facts for the NCLEX. You also, if you are doing the full program, you have the V2 lectures, question bank, and computer adaptive exam. If you're doing all three of those things, you have a much higher chance of getting your nursing license as quickly as possible. People ask me all the time, is quick facts enough to pass the NCLEX? No, 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 no. I love this book, but it should be paired with my other resources for maximum benefit. Right now we have the code INVEST if you want to upgrade to the full program. You've only been studying with QuickFax. You have until January 31st and this discount code is gonna go bye-bye. So make sure that you are using it. So you guys said page 49 for lead poisoning. I have been studying this since Monday. So this is how I'm studying with QuickFax because I like to write. Even though QuickFax is written out, I still like to put a lot of my notes in QuickFax. So use this book however you want to. I'm not necessarily a highlighter, but I am a scribbler. So if you're a writer like me, write in QuickFax. We're going to get right into lead poisoning on tonight. Remember, this is the thing about lead poisoning that I really want you to take hold of when you're in front of the NCLEX exam. The reason why lead poisoning is such a big deal is because it mimics calcium, okay? It mimics zinc too, but I think calcium is the bigger issue. Now, when I say it mimics calcium, I'm actually saying that lead will come into your body and all of the receptor sites that are waiting for calcium to come to it, all of the receptors that are like, oh, we need calcium to function. We are just waiting for calcium to really kick this thing off in the body. Lead comes in and it binds to those receptors. So where those receptors were once needing calcium to function, and think about all the things that calcium does in the body. Now, instead of calcium, what do they have? They have lead. So what organs can be damaged when lead binds to the receptor sites instead of calcium, okay? And so this is a huge problem. This is a huge problem, thinking about the ramifications of lead coming into the body. So you guys are, you're, you're, you're churning with me. Now, let me ask you this. How much lead is supposed to be in the body? What is our acceptable amount of lead? I'm not giving you the answer. I just want you to think back to nursing school when we remembered this and we learned this. How much lead is our body expecting to have inside of it? 
because lead is lead is a natural substance, right? We find it in nature. It's a lot of things, you know, <laughs> there's a, a lot of things that have lead in them. But how much is your body wanting to have of lead? Bingo. Our body is not needing any parts of lead. Lead has no business inside of your body. Okay, so is this, I'm trying to paint the picture of how serious it is when lead enters the body. So yeah, your body is not requiring lead to do any of the natural processes. When it comes into your body, it invades the system because it is, um, what is that word that I'm looking for? When you pretend like you're something, but you're not that thing. Mm. What is it? What's the word? Not cat catfish, but not catfish. Impersonate. You're impersonating. It's impersonating calcium. Very dangerous. So we're going to see it is definitely in the brain. We're going to see it in synthesis of the primary red blood cells. These are just some of the notes. And then as well as lead will cause an inflammation to kick off imposter. Yes, you are imposter. <laughs> um, it will cause a inflammatory response because of the damage to the organs. So we are doing our background work on lead. We'll be able to teach it. Now, let me say this. These are the sources where we can find common day lead. All right, so check out these sources. Batteries. We know paint chips, right? Paint chips, plumbing, pipes, ammunition, ammunition, lead or ore mining, lead or ore mining, put you in contact with this. Moonshining, who knows what moonshining is? If you know what moonshining is, please put it into the comments, please. Moonshine, <sighs> car radiators, welding and soldering. Now, these are the sources where people come in contact with lead. Now, let me ask you this. Who is more likely to have lead poisoning as an adult? Is it men or women? Because we know children are probably the highest, you know, percentage population that's going to get lead poisoning. Children get it. But between men and women, who's more likely to come in contact with lead, men or women? Shout out to this nurse here. I love this testimonial. It's winning Wednesday. Eunice says, hello, Regina. I took my NCLEX RN exams on 120 and to God's glory. I found out Monday that I passed. I use your V2 and watch most of your YouTube videos. Aha, aha. God bless you and your team. Thank you, Eunice, for coming back and telling us that you passed your NCLEX. To God be the glory for sure. Um, oh, cat 13 and out says, thank you guys. Do your part and leave everything in God's hand. This is advice. I passed last year in December with Remar last year. Okay. I am a Remar nurse. May God bless professor Regina. Thank you for those blessings. Thank you for everyone who put some prayer on these study sessions because they are so good. Sony Okafor. Hi, Regina. God bless you. I passed my NCLEX today with 85 questions today. Using V2, am officially a Remar nurse. I can't wait. I couldn't wait to do this. I couldn't wait to do this. God bless everyone. We are winning. Shout out and congratulations to the nurses that now have their license. It's such a good feeling. Let me know if you want to come on and talk about how you did it. How'd you feel during that NCLEX? You guys are just taking it. So I asked the question and congratulations to you all. 
you know what? My devotional today was about gratitude and ingratitude. And it took us back to the story of the 10 lepers. And I know this isn't Monday motivation, but this morning I read the story again about the 10 lepers, you know, that Jesus healed. And do you remember how many of the 10 leopards that were healed came back and told Jesus, thank you. How many of the people who received this divine miracle out of 10 came back to tell Jesus that they were healed and they were thankful and they got cleared? What was that percentage? Mark also did a, um, he also did a devotional on this. Exactly. Only one of the 10 came back and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so what does that tell us? The majority of the people we will come in contact with, the majority of people in life will suffer from ingratitude. It will not be something that they, you know, will be readily able to demonstrate to us. And so every time somebody takes a moment and comes back and says, hey, y'all, I did it. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Professor Regina. That is indeed part of the miracle. That's indeed part of the miracle because some people level up and then they forget where they came from, especially in nursing. You guys will be doing amazing things for people who will probably never thank you. And so I want you to remember where you came from. Okay. So congratulations. And then at the same time, give out that positivity and congratulate people who are passing because you very well are going to be next. You're going to be next. Okay. I'm moving on. So we talked about this. Um, we talked about the sources of lead. And I asked whether men or women are going to be more in contact with these sources. And of course, it's going to be men, construction workers, a, um, mechanics, people who have guns and like to shoot guns because ammunitions and shooting ranges, the retained bullets and the bullet um, sheddings also have lead in them. So um, car radiators, some cosmetics, ceramics with lead glazes, tin cans, like I said, moonshine drink and some herbal supplements all have lead in them. This is the symbol, periodic symbol of lead. And when a person is exposed to lead, we definitely want to do a risk assessment to determine their exposure is very important. What blood level of lead is considered elevated? Just is just for general terms, really anything more than three. And when you think about like calcium or you think about your, you know, potassium levels, anything over three, 3.5 is a problem because lead, because it has no function in the body, it can severely complicate the natural function of the body. And of course, because it is binding to the calcium receptors, that makes it even worse. You know, in our children, we are going to see a decrease in their um, IQ very rapidly, the more lead that they have in their body. So this is an issue that we have to be willing to address and speak intelligently about. Okay. So yeah, so essentially there is not supposed to be any lead in the body, but think about lead as a poison, right? And think about other things that people put into their body 
and it has no function, but the body is able to tolerate a certain amount of it. Give me something, give me a substance that people put in their body and the body is still able to function to a certain degree until that thing rises. It's a poison. What am I thinking about? And then after you drink it, you can't walk straight like you usually do. You're not supposed to drive. Your vision blurs, your mouth and your voice slurs. What is another poison that people put in their body? Very, very good. Like So alcohol, right? People really have no business consuming alcohol. It doesn't do anything for you. But you can drink small amounts of it and still, oh, let me stop this because people will say, Regina said we could be drinking. Um, all I'm going to say is alcohol has no function in the body. You drink too much of it, you're going to have symptoms. The same as lead, no function in the body, okay? But you consume too much of it, you're going to have symptoms. So you know how they do a blood alcohol test if you get pulled over and you have a certain amount that's above the legal limit. It's the same thing. It's the same thing here. All right, I want to make that clear. <clears throat> so anyways, you can have acute and chronic manifestations of lead poisoning. Indeed, lead poisoning can linger on, all right, linger on in the body, all right? So mm, acute symptoms, fatigue, lead colic, which is abdominal pain, GI problems, constipation, anorexia. You can also have, should we say, joint pains and muscle pains, headaches, cognitive disturbances, and anemia. Anemia is going to be big for lead poisoning because, again, it's going to disrupt. It's going to disrupt the normal function and production of blood cells. All right, red blood cells. So you have some anemia there. Chronically, if you have a situation where lead has built up in your system over time through your vocation or your job, then you're going to have issues with lead lines. Lead lines are actually on the teeth. So the bottom of a person's teeth will become black. Anemia, you have irreversible damage to the organs. Some symptoms of lead poisoning are reversible. Others are not reversible. Yeah. Diffuse abdominal tenderness, you have behavioral and psychological changes and cognitive decline. All these things are pretty much going to be irreversible once you've been exposed to a certain amount of lead. If a person, again, is suspected of lead poisoning, our investigations are going to look at and further assess how much lead is in the body. This is important if you don't catch this in nursing school. You need to be able to make the connection between the substance and the investigation, okay? You have to be able to do that. So it says here in my notes, once blood lead levels are elevated, further assessment must be obtained to assess for the end organ effects, okay? Yes, lead can also be in cosmetics. Thank you, Aileen. Urgent testing is required if the blood lead level is more than 40, okay? More than 40, patient is going to have some severe issues. And I think I have another chart to explain this. So what are our investigations? Complete blood count. The complete blood count relates to the lead level because of what? because we know that lead is going to disrupt 
what type of blood cells. You only have three blood cells. What are our three blood cells that we have when we do a CBC? What are they? Our three blood cells. They're going to be your, give me the colors, white blood cell. Very good. Two more. We're talking about blood cells, not laboratory values right now. White blood cells, red blood cells, and then there's one more. Give me, give me the other one. The white, the red, those are easy because those are the colors. And then, yes, I see it. I see it. Veronica has it. The platelets, those are the three. So we're going to look at the red blood cells. We're going to see a decrease in that from the lead poisoning. Creatinine, blood, urea, nitrogen. These are all going to let us know that our kidneys are affected because whose job is it to get rid of lead if it comes into the body? It's mostly going to come out through what? Through the urine. It's going to come out through the urine. So indeed, this substance will cause kidney damage. Neuropsychological testing, something about the lead that also attacks the blood, um, the brain, it crosses the blood brain barrier in pregnant women, but it also will damage the brain of an underdeveloped person, like a child. So it's going to cause some neuropsychological um, issues and nerve conduction velocity testing could be done too, because lead is going to affect the muscles. So some people get like a wrist drop where they can't lift up their wrist and they also will get a foot drop. So many changes come along with lead poisoning. Yeah, that's why we're going over it. Management. The biggest part of management is to identify from whence the lead is coming. Why is the person having lead poisoning. So we're going to identify the source. We're going to remove that source. Okay. Identify the source. We're going to remove that source. Um, chelation treatment and then palliative care. So let me ask you this. If the doctor orders for your patient to have an x-ray, okay, just think about this. What would you see that would indicate lead poisoning on an x-ray. Think about what we talked about in the beginning of this lecture and try to hypothesize if the doctor ordered x-rays. Let's just say they ordered x-rays in a, I don't know, let's say a child. Let's say a child. What are we going to see on an x-ray that would possibly tell us if it's lead poisoning or not because the x-ray is investigation so what are we going to see <laughs> help the nurses i love this ah oh, this is so beautiful i am rn can't stop watching her so addicted to remar what are we going to see white patches what are the white patches what are the white patches mean what are we going to see Mm, well, deposits in the bone, calcification. Think about think about the cause of lead poisoning. Think about what cause. That's what that's what we need to see, because if we're suspecting, reposition myself. If we're suspecting lead poisoning, 
then we need to see something that is going to indicate to us that the person has been exposed to lead. What would that be? Patches, white spots. I don't know what you guys are... Think about if you're in the ER. What are you going to see? Yes, this is what I was looking for. Paint chips. We're going to see paint chips. Yeah, if a child has it. If a child's eating paint chips, we're going to see that in the stomach, right? Okay. That's what an x-ray is going to do. All right. Keep it simple, y'all. Okay. Now, what if I said a... Um, what if I said you had a person who was an adult male and the doctor ordered an x-ray? And it comes back that the patient has lead poisoning. What are some things on the x-ray that I told you guys would make this patient a candidate for lead poisoning? What can we see on the x-ray? Okay. Think about ER. Think about ER. What are we going to see? ER is going to be like an acute thing. If the doctor orders an x-ray, we're looking for something that was just placed there. It's just there. And it's letting off lead. What did I tell you? Not so much. Usually adults are not eating the paint chips. Maybe some would, but no, that's not going to be it. What is it? It is going to be, what did I tell you? Bullets. Remember I told you ammunition. People who come in with gunshot wounds, right? They are going to be predisposed, yes, they're going to be predisposed to lead poisoning. Yes, metal, lead poisoning. Good. All right. I'm trying to warm y'all up. So the blood levels, remember the, um, the toxic level is 3.5 to 40. If that is the case and they look at it, then you have some health education, some exposure reduction. You need to recheck the blood lead levels. Okay. 40 to 50, you're looking for further assessment to end organ damage, okay? More than 50, chelation therapy, referral to lead toxicity expert. Um, oh, this is good. Good question here. Are nurses responsible to have a basic understanding of the x-ray for NCLEX? Absolutely. The nurse should understand the, the goal of an x-ray. The nurse should understand what happens to a patient during an x-ray, and the nurse should be able to correlate why a doctor would order an x-ray for a certain thing. So again, if we have a patient with pneumonia, what is the x-ray going to show us for pneumonia, right? It's the same with your laboratory values. It's very important for you to understand the difference between the hemoglobin being asked for, or the um, hemoglobin, or I don't know, the creatinine, right? You have to understand why those specific diagnostic tests were ordered and how they help your patient, how they help your patient. So you don't have to understand how to read them, but you do have to know why a patient is getting one, right? Because then that will help you, if that will help you to be able to anticipate your patient's care too, it will help you to be able to understand it. So I said, if we got to know it, why do we need the doctors? <laughs> we need the doctors to be able to direct the care, okay? And we just help them manage that. Cool. 
All right. So these are the blood lead levels and the corresponding treatment goals for the patient. Now, again, anticipated orders, things that we would expect is to provide health education on lead removal and reduction, facilitating gastrointestinal irrigations, starting with chelation therapy, monitoring blood levels. The doctor is going to want those things. The nurse should know where the lead has come from, how you're going to decontaminate the GI tract. Are you going to lavage it? Suction, like what are you doing? And then the chelation therapy, is it going to be oral? Is it going to be IM? Is it going to be IV? These are things you need to know. Kind of our priorities here. Of course, number one is preventing lead poisoning. So actually understanding water sources, removing or reducing lead sources. And then if you're giving the chelation agents, what are they? Monitoring the diet. Remember calcium, iron, and vitamin C should be increased. Okay. Lifestyle medications as well. Management. Hand washing, avoiding lead sources, shortening exposure, use of PPE when necessary, and regular lead screening. I think um, if I remember this right, every child at the age of one is screened for lead because it is it can cause so many changes in a negative correlation to mental uh, development. So if you have children, were your child were, were your were your children screened for lead? at one or two years old, okay, one to two years old. Let me know, all of mine were, and I think they're still doing that. Again, this part of the review comes from Quick Facts. I want you guys, when you're finished, to check out the virtual trainer in the free trial. If you don't have the full version of the V2, you can definitely get the trial version in the trial version, you will be able to watch my maternity lectures. You will also be able to do some practice exams and answer some questions. Speaking of maternity lectures, I got a teaser for you guys. This is the teaser for those of you who know me. This is coming up. This is coming up. I've been working on it today. So I will be announcing what this is, okay, next week. But for those of you who know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So great times in the NCLEX virtual trainer, okay? You guys are saying yes at one years old because of course they were putting things in their mouth. That makes sense, yeah. So one years old, every child gets screened for lead. Let's go into our questions, shall we? You know about lead poisoning. Now let's see if we are able to prioritize lead poisoning. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Let me see what you guys are thinking. 30-year-old male client was brought to the hospital for possible lead poisoning. Which of the following exposure is helpful in determining diagnosis? Number one, installation of brick vents. Two, ingestion of raw seafood. Three, working in the firing range. Or four, maintaining iron-rich diet. Here we go. We did the lecture on lead, you guys are prepared to answer all these questions. I'm looking for a five out of five today, honestly. I see the comments on the screen. Let me know if you got this one right. Correct answer here is pow. 
Number three, working in the firing range. Yes, because I told you that ammunition can correlate to lead exposure. So lead exposure is a concern in indoor firing ranges where firearms are used primarily due to the combustion of lead containing ammunition. The discharge of bullets releases lead particles and fumes into the air, creating potential exposure risks for individuals in the vicinity, including range professional and frequent shooters. So I hope you are learning something tonight about how adults, men and women, can still be getting lead poisoning at a very big age. Okay, here's the next question. Here we go. A 16-year-old child presents with abdominal pain, fatigue, and headaches. Blood lead levels came back elevated. To best manage the client, which of the following nursing intervention should the nurse do next? Number one, start chelation therapy. Two, assess for further end organ damage. Three, identify the source of lead. Three, induce vomiting and abdominal decompression. Okay. <laughs> so this is where um, NCLEX is looking for safety. This is where NCLEX is looking to see if you are going to do your own thing or if you're going to do the appropriate thing. Two different scenarios, two different scenarios right here. So we have here, the correct answer is number two, okay? Assess for further end organ damage. When blood lead level is proven elevated, Further investigation must be done to determine the severity of lead toxicity. You don't have enough information in this scenario. You need to assess for in-organ damage. Identifying the source of lead must be done, okay? You need to do that before you test, and options three and four must be performed after a full assessment. So in this scenario, you are still in the investigation, in the assessment phase. And that's really your priority as nurses. You guys know the nursing process. You know the nursing process. So let that honestly guide you when you're not given a full picture, when you're not given a full picture, okay? All right. Let me go on. Here we go. Let's try this one. Ah, a five-year-old toddler went to the clinic for a wellness check. Uh, blood chemistry revealed critically elevated levels. Which of the following is a common neurological symptom associated with lead poisoning in children? Okay, here we go. Number one, Jerusalem syn syndrome. Two, insomnia. Three, ataxia. Four, cardiologia. Hmm. Let's see. What did we do? What do we have here? I wrote this one to distract some people. 
And I want to see if I was able to catch him. Okay. Because what did I tell you? What do I tell you when it comes to answering these NCLEX questions? And they get a little weird. It's going to get a little weird in there. Remember, you're sitting in front of that exam and you're going to say, you know what? I don't know this stuff. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I've never seen these words before. Trust me, this is going to happen. Okay. And what did I tell you to do when you don't know something? When you don't know something, it looks weird. You've never seen it before. What did I tell you? See, you got to stick around. You got to stick around. I'm going to talk you through this thing. Correct answer here is number three, ataxia. Okay. Ataxia. Ataxia is refers to the lack of coordination of muscle movement. Remember I said that this is going to affect the neurological, okay, the neurological processes. Now, I was able to get some of you because I put in Jerusalem syndrome and I put in cardiologia, okay? Remember I told you guys, if you see something and you have no idea what it is, don't pick that thing, Okay? Cause I just was making stuff up, thinking of weird stuff to put on here to try to get you to forget what I told you. Correct answer is ataxia, okay? Never pick something you don't know, okay? It's better for you just to look for what you do know. Does that make sense? That's what we're doing moving forward, okay? Here you go, question number four. In caring for a 10 year old client with lead poisoning, which of the following findings should the nurse attend to first? Here we go. Okay, remember lead poisoning. Let's go. Persistent fatigue and body malaise. A report of joint pains. Three, glycosuria and phosphate -turia. Four, abdominal pain and anorexia. What are we talking about here? Stay grounded. Keep your head clear. The answer is there. And caring for a 10-year-old client with lead poisoning, which of the following findings should the nurse attend to first? Number one, persistent fatigue and body malaise. Two, report of joint pains. Three, Glycosuria, phosphate churia. Four, abdominal pain and anorexia. Priority question here. Based off of what I told you about lead poisoning, it is very, very clear. Okay, answer is very clear here. Correct answer is number three, glycosuria, phosphate urea. What organ is this? What organ is being damaged if you have these things going on? It's called Fanconi syndrome. You don't really need to know Fanconi syndrome, but you do understand that somebody with lead poisoning is going to have brain, kidney problems, right? Brain and kidney problems. And so if a patient has glycosuria, phosphateuria, that is telling me that they are having kidney injury, kidney damage, and joint pain can wait, persistent fatigue and body malaise. I'm, I'm understanding that that could be an issue too. 
abdominal pain, not wanting to eat. No, not really. Your, your body is poison. But number three indicates a specific organ that is being damaged. And if the kidneys begin to fail, how much more does that complicate the patient's hospital stay? If the kidneys begin to fail, what does this 10-year-old have to do now? What is going to be the recommendation if you have acute kidney injury, right? Yes, dialysis, okay? And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And so NCLEX is looking to see NCLEX is looking to see if not only can you understand the complication, but can you prioritize the complications, okay? And this is high-level things. This is content-based things. That's why I say content helps you pass this exam, not us just doing random questions, because you have to understand lead poisoning first to be able to prioritize the care of a patient with lead poisoning, you're not going to get that from just doing questions, random questions at that, okay? So, um, yeah, Winning Wednesday, number five, always is coming to you. Here's question number five. Let me see. Here we go. A two-year-old child is suspected lead exposure. The healthcare provider is considering the initiation of chelation therapy, but the nurse notes absence of symptoms, and stable vital signs. What should be the nurse's priority action regarding chelation therapy? Number one, proceed with the treatment as ordered. Two, request further assessment to confirm lead toxicity. Three, gather a detailed history on the time of lead exposure. Four, obtain a detailed neurological assessment on the child. This is tricky here. I can tell because I have all types of comments. I have fours, I have twos. I have some ones here. People are like, I don't know what to do. Just go with my first mind. Okay, go with your first mind. This is challenging because you have three assessments that I present to you. I'll tell you right now, number one is not right, but you also have three assessment answers. Which assessment answer is right? This is why you come to class. This is Winning Wednesday, a way for you to take what you're studying to the next level. Shout out to my international nurses and my U.S. nurses on this live tonight. Correct answer on tonight. Is there anybody that got five out of five, right? Correct answer is number two, request further assessment to confirm this lead toxicity, okay? It's suspected. Everything you need to know is in that question. Number one is suspected lead exposure. Healthcare provider considering. Nothing has been ordered. Healthcare providers considering it, but the patient doesn't have any symptoms, right? and the vital signs are stable. So what must we do? We gotta get further information to know that we are going in the right direction. And we don't do that, 
we waste our time doing something else, then that means we're not a safe nurse, okay? We're not a safe nurse. And again, my challenge for you today was to take a very straightforward subject like lead poisoning, just like we did Monday. I think we did anticoagulants Monday, very straightforward subjects and challenge you with prioritization, okay? Prioritization, we're on our prioritization hobby horse, you know, just hobby horse, you just ride it back and forth. It doesn't go anywhere. You're not really getting much different stimuli. You're just riding the hobby horse. We're riding our prioritization hobby horse because we need practice in this area, okay? We need practice in this area. But the goal is that we are studying together. We're still on the 30-day challenge, we're, we're riding this roller coaster 30 day challenge as well. So if you're in the free trial of B2, or if you have the full version, it's on your calendar. Okay. It's on your calendar. So make sure that you're taking note of that. Also, um, if you haven't signed up for the 30 day challenge, it's rolling. So it starts whenever you want it to start remarnurse.com forward slash 30 days. And that's a way for you to do my program, um, the full program. And I just want to show you guys the V2. It is indeed where all of my best lectures are kept. And it has not only the lectures, but also the question bank, all of those good things. So when you log into the V2, whether you have the trial or you have the full paid version, you will see all of my lectures right there. And I promise you, they are not short and they are not boring. That's my thing tonight, okay? And again, on Mondays and Wednesdays, we have our virtual classes where I make sure that you are staying on the right track and doing the work because it's one thing to just show up to class on Mondays and Wednesdays, but it's another thing that when I log off on here, you are able to go into the course and actually get the full program. Okay. Actually get the full program. So it's not the same as what we do here on the lives. The lectures are more comprehensive. It's you taking a deep dive and check out my testimonial section. It is getting more and more amazing to me. The nurses who do come back and tell us, Hey, we passed, they'll record a video. It is so encouraging. So inspiring. We have people who have tested multiple times with people who have tested on their first time people that are international nurses, people that, have, you know, people that have used UWorld first or Archer first or whatever, all the messages that I'm getting on TikTok, you know, you guys are being very transparent saying, hey, I use this. I bought this on TikTok. I, I went with this and now I'm looking for a new direction I didn't pass. And so I would say, you know, if you failed NCLEX, don't be ashamed. Many people, um, are repeat test takers by the time they find Remar. I will say that it is important for you to do what you need to do in order to get to the next level, okay? That's on you. Nobody is coming to study for you. Nobody is going to take the NCLEX for you. So if you need to get these lectures, watch them, get in the question bank right here. Everything um, for the V2 is very unique in its presentation. Question bank is open. You can create an exam right away, okay? Um, I do prefer that you guys go by the study calendar, but if you want to just get in there and do questions first, who am I to judge you? I just wanted to make sure that you had everything you needed in one place. And so 
for those of you who have the V2, the question bank is always open. It's 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 not locked. So um, I don't know what I'm, let me know. Um, send me an email, all right? Send me an email because the question bank is there, okay? Yes, nobody's going to hand you your dreams. And also nobody's going to do this work for you. So these case studies that are in the V2, you must read them. You've got to read them. You've got to get into the habit of reading and being able to answer questions. And I know nobody likes to do the studying when there's so many other fun things you can do, but it's very important that you have the opportunity to give yourself the best chance for passing. So we put it all here. We packaged it for you so that that can happen. And we've had many people who've even come on tonight to say, hey, I did this and I passed. I did this and I passed. One more time, let me show you where to get the 30-day challenge. If you already have V2, you can get the 30-day challenge right from V2. If you go to the, um, the homepage, you know there's an icon with my face on it. And then the second face will be the young lady here in the middle. And it literally says 30-day challenge. And so that's where you will find it. And again, the 30-day challenge videos go with my study calendar. So if you have the V2, where's my workbook? I don't know if I have it. Oh, here it is. Okay. So for example, if you have the V2 in the calendar, if you print out the calendar in the file vault, it will tell you your study session, like study session number seven. You watch the 30-day challenge study session number seven, and that goes with that section. Okay. So let me know, guys, if you can't, if you can't log Welcome into to the 30 day challenge we are at study session number seven and yeah. we talked about all right so that's what it looks like um i go over the actual subjects that you go over so that would be arterial blood gases and diabetes overview so that challenge video is going to go directly with that subject okay so it really helps it really helps if you're doing it the right way all right um so if you need me, um, if you need something specific, let me know, email me, okay? Support at remarreview.com and I can actually look into your specific case, but that's, that's it. That's where I want you guys to be working in. I want you to be doing the work that you need to do. So of course, my focus is always the lectures. If you're doing the lectures, then you're getting that good content in and then the question bank. But it goes beyond just studying with quick facts. I love quick facts just like everybody else, but quick facts is just part of the program. Get into the lectures. Okay, I am going to come back on here. Do I need to renew my V2, my courses and questions? I got a lot of com I got a lot of questions here. Do I need to renew the V2 when my subscription is over? Yes, if you are going to keep the V2, then you should be renewing it in order to keep your progress. If you cancel your subscription to the V2, then you'll go back into the trial mode, okay? But it will be an automatic renewal for you, okay? Can I do the 30-day challenge if I've already started? Yes, you can. You can just go back and watch those videos that are in the 30-day challenge section. How can I do the lectures with questions? So if you go to your file vault, you will have the calendar there. While you're watching these videos, you should be being directed by the calendar. And honestly, the calendar is gonna tell you how much and how little you should be doing every day. Nobody should be studying more than three hours, okay? Nobody should be studying more than three hours a day 
with this program. So it should be very manageable to you. All right. Okay. So we will come back on on Monday and Wednesday for our, our virtual class next week. Make sure that the things that we took today, the things that we took today in our notes, you can put that right in the quick facts, but you don't forget it because lamp poisoning, it can be a difficult topic if you don't have a great understanding of it. If you came to class late, please go back and watch that content so that you have an understanding of it. The V2 book that I have is the same as the downloadable. You get this one too. You get the downloadable one or you get this one. If you want me to print this one out, you have to add it when you go to remarners.com. Okay. This program is for RN and for PN. Okay. So you have two options right now. You are either in the V2 full program. We'll see you're in the V2 or tonight you're signing up for the trial version. So the trial version. If you have the trial version or if you have the full version, you can still do the 30-day challenge. So that is totally free for you for the 30-day challenge. Otherwise, guys, please send me an email, support at remarreview.com. If you have specific questions about your account, how to get back into the V2, how to upgrade, all those things, I will be able to address them with customer service, okay? Customer service. So Good night, everyone. God bless you. I am headed to Texas. You guys know what we've been dealing with um, here in our in our family, in our household with my best friend. So I will be going to Texas. My flight, I have to get up at 3 a.m. So I wanted to keep this class, but I didn't want to hold you long. So I will see you guys on Monday. God bless you all. Bye-bye.